is Miller Lite's football night in Chicago. First and goal. Rodgers hangs in the pocket, throwing into a lot of traffic, and it's caught for the touchdown by Jimmy Graham. And just like that, the Green Bay Packers take the lead. Football night in Chicago with Fred Huber. And he gets off to the 36-yard line. Ooh. Man, oh, man. They are, the crowd is bringing it right now. Three points is ridiculous. Trubisky to the end zone, and it's going to be picked off. It's Adrian Amos who comes back to haunt his old team. I definitely feel like uh, I let a lot of my teammates down and uh, the fans down, but with, with the way I played. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Hugh, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Good evening, everyone. Welcome on in. Fred Hubner with you for the next two hours. Football night in Chicago. We are live back out on the road. We're at Bannerman's in Bartlett right here on Route 59. Come on by. We'll be here for the next two hours. 7 o'clock, Bears running back Mike Davis will join us. And uh, it'd be nice to get to uh, know the one of the newer members of the Chicago Bears, as he will be here from the 7 o'clock until 8 o'clock. We've got a lot of time for your calls. We've got a lot of time to talk about Bears football. You've got two hours of AB Free Radio. That's right. AB Free Radio. You can't figure it out. Well, just keep listening. Um, we're out here at Bannerman's. $4, 22-ounce Miller Lite drafts throughout the night. Come on out. We also have a pair of Miller Lite loft tickets to give away for the upcoming Bears game with the Saints. It's one of those things you got to be here to register to win the ticket. So come on out if you're in the area. We'll be here until 8 o'clock. We'll give those away right before we get out of here. Okay, you had a chance to see a bunch of the other teams in the National Football League yesterday. 13 games yesterday. My brothers were over. We They got there at uh, 11.45, so we didn't have to watch a lot of pregame stuff. And they left as soon as the last 325 game came to an end and then we went our separate ways to catch the Patriots and the Steelers and uh, that was interesting. Hey, the Bears and Steelers have something in common. They both scored three points in their first game of the season. Everybody else, the Dolphins even scored 10 points. The Giants scored 17. The Jets scored 16 points. The Bears and the Steelers with three points. I wanted to ask you 312-332-3776 have you calmed down a little bit? after the Bears lost to the Packers? Or did watching everybody yesterday bring back the anger, the hostility that you may have seen or had in you after the Bears' 10-3 loss to the Packers on Thursday night? Do you feel better or worse after the games you saw yesterday? 312-332-3776. You heard highlights or lowlights from the game in the open. Um, The call from Al Michaels. On the touchdown pass, the only, the only drive that the defense really struggled, and it was a quick struggle. Four plays, seventy-four yards, and Jimmy Graham catches a touchdown over Deion Bush. Where was Ha Ha Clinton Dix? I don't know. He wasn't out there. Uh, that was surprising. Khalil Mack wasn't out there. Has anybody asked if it was a conditioning thing? I don't know. Maybe it's just the rotation, and that's the way they were doing things. But the Bears' defense was tremendous. Roy Robertson-Harris, what he did, and Leonard Floyd. I don't know if you knew this about Leonard Floyd. I know J.D. mentioned it a little bit during the week. Leonard Floyd 
after the game the other day, now with seven of his 17 and a half sacks against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. He's done that in six games against Green Bay. So, you know, if they can play the Packers all the time, all of a sudden you'd have Leonard Floyd going to the Pro Bowl. He was tremendous. That's the Leonard Floyd we've been waiting to see. Now, what we haven't been waiting to see and what surprised us, actually I can ask you, what surprised you the most from that loss? You've had time now to relax, maybe even to go and watch it a second time. I know, we're gluttons for punishment. But you want to see where people did well, where people in a loss maybe screwed up a little bit. Tommy Waddle just talking about going and watching the All-22. And I got to tell you, I don't, I, you know, direct TV and everything else, and I'm paying for ESPN Plus because I'm a big soccer fan. I can't pay for the All-22. So I wait, and I wait till someone else breaks it down, and then I watch their video replays. And uh, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic does a great job. And they broke it down, and I was watching some stuff. And there were a lot of plays that if you're just watching the game, you don't see that Mitch played well at certain times. You don't see that there were opportunities that weren't necessarily Mitch's fault, that the things didn't work out. Now, Tom Waddle mentioned it was a collaborative failure from the team. He mentioned Cordero Patterson, and Cordero Patterson's a guy that he didn't. He hasn't succeeded in some of the other places he's been. Obviously, he's a Chicago Bear now, so you'd like to see him succeed. But to have Cordero Patterson and to line him up in the backfield on a third and one, I'm sitting at the radio station watching the game, waiting to do pregame, and just going, what? What? You have Mike Davis, you have David Montgomery, and you decide to get Cordero Patterson in the backfield. That didn't seem to make any sense to me. I know. they. You know, Nagy said after the game it didn't matter if they had Walter Payton in the backfield. He wouldn't have got the first down because of the way the Packers busted through the offensive line. That's fine. I just don't necessarily want to see Cordero Patterson lining up in the backfield all by himself. Cordero Patterson is the kind of guy you want to get the ball in his hands, but you want to get the ball in his hands like on a jet sweep. Remember jet sweeps? We've seen it with a lot of other Bears players. We didn't see any with Cordero Patterson. Unless I missed him. There were no jet sweeps with Cordero Patterson. That's what you want to see. Um, This Bears offense is going to be better throughout the course of the year. I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be better. I think that the Bears, with all of the weapons they have, are going to be able to figure things out. I thought it was a brutal game for Matt Nagy. I thought he had some really bad play calling, not getting guys involved. Looking, you know, there were 15 rushes for the Bears. Three of those were scrambles by Mitchell Trubisky. So figure it out 15 minus three. So 12 called runs in the entire game for the Bears. 45 passes. Mitchell Trubisky was 26 for 45 for 228. I'm trying to figure out how you can do that. Trubisky said after the game, one of the comments he made after the game, he said the offense is best with a strong run game. Yeah, we definitely want to get the run game going a lot more. I think when when this offense is at its best, it's a balanced attack with the run game and the pass game, and um, we just didn't do a good enough job to get in a rhythm, and we had to lean more on the pass, which 
made it easier on the defense because they know it's coming. So we're just when this offense is at its best, it's it's balanced, it's running, it's passing, um, and, and we're definitely getting the run game going. So I think that's something we'll look at. Uh, I still got to watch the film and see exactly what happened. But I mean, we got three great running backs. We definitely need to get them going to get the ball in their hands, and uh, we got just got a bunch of playmakers. And it's frustrating when we have all these playmakers and uh, you just feel like you left a lot of plays out there um, with not getting the ball in these guys' hands. Boy, those last couple of comments that uh, Trubisky made were really, they really hit home because you think about it, all those playmakers, that's what we've talked about all preseason. With, you know, having a Taylor Gabriel and having a Miller healthy, hopefully, throughout the year, having Allen Robinson healthy. And I think we saw with Allen Robinson with uh, what he did, seven catches, 102 yards, we saw that this offense is going to be an offense that's going to be able to do some things in the uh, division. And last year, 5-1 and one in the division. They lost to the Packers. They can still go 5-1 and one in the division because they've only played one game. And, you know, I understand it's only been one game, um, but that's all we have to react on right now. There's, there was a lot of talk after the game. There was booing. And you heard Al Michaels talk about how the fans were letting the Bears hear it. You pay for your ticket. You can do whatever you want. It's just difficult for me to understand how you're you're booing the team. But that's that's just me. I haven't actually stood up and booed anybody. I've probably yelled other things to people um, that were eh, probably just the opponent. I don't know that I've yelled those other things to a team that I'm actually cheering for. But how do you feel after you've had some time now to calm down? Or when you watched yesterday and you saw the Ravens put up 59 points, why couldn't the Bears have opened against the Dolphins? That would have been a nice little opening game. Or you saw what Dak Prescott did. Or you saw Patrick Mahomes. One thing I want to say before we get to the the phone calls, at 312-332-3776, we have Arthur Arkish from Pro Football Weekly joining us bottom of the hour. I watched the Ravens game. I watched the Chiefs game. I had a bunch of the games on the Sunday ticket, and I was watching them. Saw the red zone. My guy, Andrew Siciliano, uh, going from game to game. I didn't see much pressure at all on Mahomes for most of the passes. He did go down. He did get crunched one time, and I was worried he had a knee injury. He did go out and came right back in. And uh, Jackson didn't seem to have any pressure at all from the Dolphins, who are basically half their players, I guess, want to be want to be moved after that game yesterday. But remember Mitchell Trubisky last year in the game against Tampa Bay? That's what it looks like when Mahomes drops back and when Jackson drops back. Plenty of time, lots of time to find your open receivers. You've got a lot of weapons. That's the offense we're waiting to see. We didn't see any of it against the uh, Green Bay Packers the other day. 3-1-2, 3-3-2, 3-7-7-6. Um, we'll get to the offensive line in just a second. First, let's go out to South Bend and Cody. Cody, you're on ESPN 1000. What's happening? Thank you for taking my call, buddy. What's up? Uh, I'm just, like, more aggravated how Nagy didn't adapt to this uh, defense because, I mean, everybody's scoring touchdown. We didn't even score a touchdown. It's just – and, like, how we didn't use our tight ends and spread out. Oh, we lost Cody. Um I agree. There's a lot of people that were frustrated. A lot of people were aggravated because certain things did not happen in the contest. You mentioned the tight end. Trey Burton, I had an opportunity to sit here with Trey Burton on a lot of these football night in Chicago. is brought to you by Miller Lite. And we've had a chance to sit and talk and do a lot of things. It was... um, a bad thing. It was, a, it was a, a shame that he was not able to play last year against Philadelphia. 
It was a shame he was not ready to play in the opener. But not having Trey Burton and having Adam Shaheen as your number one tight end is tough. We mentioned the All-22. Tom Waddle, no doubt, saw this on the All-22. There were a couple of plays where Adam Shaheen, even as a blocker, was not able to do and carry out his task. And then you throw the ball to him on the right side. He drops the ball. Ball gets knocked out of his hands. These are certain things that can't happen. It's tough for Matt Nagy without that tight end. But we knew all this. And you would think that there would have been better play calling when you know that you're not going to have Trey Burton. Even if there was a question mark that Trey Burton not have been there, you would have thought that Matt Nagy and his play calling would have been a little bit better. But it wasn't. Uh, you would have thought it would have been a little more creative, getting more guys involved, doing, as I mentioned, the jet sweeps, or getting the ball to Miller. Miller had one target in the game. (coughs) One target for the whole game. Gabriel had five, two catches on five targets. Montgomery had one. More of David Montgomery would be a good thing. You throw him one pass. I thought the reason that you moved... um, Jordan Howard to bring in a David Montgomery was because you wanted to make sure a guy that can catch the ball. Now, the guy we have coming in joining us tonight, Mike Davis, he had seven targets, six catches, 17 yards. That was good to see. He was involved in the offense. And we'll talk to Mike Davis because there was one play later in the contest, 208 remaining, that Mitch just overthrew him. We'll talk about that. Let's go up back out to the phones, head to Lyle and Patrick. Patrick, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, good to speak with you. What's up, Patrick? So I'm sure it's been said many times, but with the immense amount of time that Nagy and the team had to prepare and his knowledge of offense, not to be able to muster a better game plan, somewhat says something to his abilities, but more, is is Mitch Trubisky really just an average quarterback at best? Is that why he was out there? Other than the sale that we got that he was something much, much more and had great potential. I'll hang up and listen. Okay. Thanks, Patrick. Um, Ryan Pace figures he saw in Mitchell Trubisky the quarterback that he wanted. And I know Bears fans are not happy with Mitchell Trubisky. There's a lot of them that aren't going to give him the opportunities right now to improve. You've got no choice. He's your guy. He's the quarterback that Matt Nagy has to run this offense. And it was one game. And there were several night, several bad plays. Again, I hate to keep referring to the All-22, but if you go back, there was a, a nice drive at the end. I understand that the Packers were playing deep. Listen, it was only a, a, a you know a seven-point game at the end. Uh, there was the longest time where it was a 7-3 game, and the Bears were only down four points. I thought when you started ranking who you were going to blame on this game, I'm going Matt Nagy 1, Mitchell Trubisky 2. Because in order to um, get this Packer defense and try to figure things out, and the nice, the one thing about not playing preseason, the Bears weren't exactly sure what kind of offense that the Packers were going to run. But you had a pretty good idea the defense you were going to go against. Mike Patton's defense, uh, the Bears went against it last year, so you had an idea. But I just was expecting more from Matt Nagy. We did not see it. We did have an opportunity to hear Matt Nagy talk today. Boy, he must hate these Thursday games, especially when they're bad, because he had to talk Thursday after the game. Then he talked Friday. Now he talked today. Uh, He had plenty to talk about today. One of the key things was how to keep Mitch from getting down. 
You have discussions with him, and it's not just him, it's the rest of the players. I mean, offensively for us, um, we, we, uh, you identify the problem, you fix it, and you move on. And then you don't dwell in it. You, you guys all know me pretty well. I'm not a, I, don't deal, I don't deal with that well. So I'm not going to sit here and be negative. I'm not going to dwell in it. I'm, I'm going to use it. And then, but right now, uh, literally, I don't know who else, but in the people and the players and coaches that are in this building right now, we've literally moved on to Denver. Well, you have no choice. It's a 16-game season, and the fans can talk about it and worry about it until the next game, but the Bears as a team, as an organization, they needed to forget about that game over the weekend and get ready for Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos. They'll all get a chance to scout the Broncos later on tonight when Denver takes on Oakland, the second game of the doubleheader over on ESPN-TV. One of the questions that everyone wants to know, especially with the lack of being able to get the ball to the tight ends. Let me see. Shaheen was targeted twice. I don't see Broniker in here. I don't see any passes to Bradley Sowell. So you were able to target your tight ends twice in the entire game when 45 passes were thrown. Okay. Uh, the question to Matt Nagy today was, what's going on with Trey Burton? I, I think he's, uh, you know... I haven't seen him in the last couple of days, but seeing him out there today, you know, he looked like he was moving around pretty good. So we just want to we want to stay optimistic with where he's at and, and then uh, just kind of feel it out as the days go by and see um, as the week goes by here really exactly where he's at. Yeah, and that's a, good, a big question because getting him back into the offense is going to be a big thing because he is a little bit of a security blanket for Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, he, they struck up a nice little... Um, connection early uh trey burton i hear from a lot of people they say well you know i don't know you were expecting too much from burton he was the third tight end in philadelphia well, he came here and he was one of the best receivers that the bears had in their offense last year so to not have him last year against philadelphia to not have him in the opener definitely was a big blow to the offense hopefully he can be there for the game coming up on sunday a 325 start in denver let's go back to the phones palos heights paul you're on espn 1000 hey paul hey how are you so here's the thing i wanted to point out the bears started up right where they left off okay the kicker scored more points than the offense same thing in the playoff game last year you couldn't rely on trey burton last at the end of the season last last year. year you couldn't you couldn't rely on Trey Burton this year. I don't think he's that reliable. I believe he's a head case. But here we go. The offense in the playoff game scored six points. The kicker, uh, Cody Parkey, not that I'm rooting for Cody Parkey, but when I'm bringing up a, a point, right. I think he scored 15 points. Here, your kicker scores us three points. The offense scores nothing. Trubisky, my personal opinion, is a, is a very mediocre NFL quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a Rodgers or anything. I just don't see that happening. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I hope they win the next four games before the bye. Um, time will only tell, and that's all I had to say. Thank you. Paul, appreciate your call. You're right about how it's very uh, comparable. The last game last year, the loss to Philadelphia, and I think it was Parkey with nine points. Um, but anyway, um, and then – comparing it to the game against the Green Bay Packers because, yeah, there were there were struggles offensively. There was no Trey Burton. Uh, but offensively, you saw a stretch at the end of that game last year where Trubisky moved the ball downfield and made it interesting, uh, obviously, when the Bears had an opportunity to do some good things. I got a list. I'm looking here. Week one. Here's a look at the week one good quarterbacks. 
Lamar Jackson, Marcus Mariota, which is a little surprise, Case Keenum, another surprise, Jacoby Brissett played pretty well, Dak Prescott, um, and obviously you can go to Mahomes, you can go to others. Week one, bad quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers didn't perform well. Jared Goff wasn't great. Baker Mayfield was real bad. Kirk Cousins only threw 10 times. I don't know that he was necessarily bad, but he only threw the ball 10 times. That was interesting. The Vikings deciding to run the ball 38 times and throw only eight passes. Jameis Winston's brutal. Ben Roethlisberger obviously did not have a good game last night. They couldn't score a touchdown, getting just three points. And Jimmy Garoppolo had a a game that was the, the Niners won because of their defense. And Garoppolo... I know that Waddle mentioned it on the way out here. I was driving out, and he mentioned how uh, Garoppolo didn't look all that good, and you know the guys were trying to calm him down. Believe me, Garoppolo in the preseason was throwing behind his receivers. He was doing it most of the day yesterday, throwing behind his receivers. Even when his receivers made catches, he was throwing behind them. A lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL in these, quote, newfangled offenses are having to take some time to get things working before they actually excel with what they're doing. Let's grab one more call real quick before we take a break. We've got uh, Arthur Arkers coming up in just a little bit. Let's go to Park Forest. And, uh, well, he's not ready yet. So we'll get to him uh, maybe before Arthur Arkers. 312-332-3776. We'll have time for your phone calls after we talk to Arthur. The Bears getting ready for their matchup this coming weekend as they take on the Denver Broncos again the Bears will probably I don't know too is it too late for them to be in front of their TVs for a game that doesn't start till nine o'clock got to get up early got practice oh no practice on Tuesdays that's right so they can stay up early maybe they're all getting together grabbing a pizza or something maybe they can come on out here we're at Bannerman's here in Bartlett on Route 59 we'll be out here all the way until eight o'clock the seven o'clock hour we have running back mike davis joining us it's football night in chicago come on out four dollar 22 ounce miller light drafts we're brought to you by miller light fred hubner with you here on espn 1000 this is miller lights football night in chicago on chicago's number one football station espn 1000 should be the final play before the two minute warning third and ten Trubisky to the end zone, and it's going to be picked off. It's Adrian Amos who comes back to haunt his old team. I feel like he was coming out of my hand really well. I feel like I was seeing the defense uh, pretty well for the most part, and I was put in the spots where guys can make plays. But overall, it just wasn't good enough, and it wasn't enough for, uh, for my team to win. So we just, I think we just got to be better as a team. I got to be better and, uh, and look at myself and um, watch this film and make sure I come back and improve from it. There is no way to go but up for Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears after they scored just three points against the Packers. Highlights courtesy of NBC. Welcome back in. Fred Hubner with you. Football line in Chicago. We are out here at Bannerman's and Bartlett on Route 59. Be out here until 8 o'clock. Mike Davis, Bears running back, will join us in the 7 o'clock hour. $4, 22-ounce Miller Lite drafts throughout the night here at Bannerman's. Come on out. We are also giving away a pair of Miller Lite loft tickets to the upcoming game with the New Orleans Saints. you got to be here to win. Come on in, register, and we'll give those tickets away a little bit later on. We're going to talk to Arthur Arkish from Pro Football Weekly in one second. want to grab this caller out in uh, Park Forest, Mike. Mike, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Fred? I'm doing well, Mike. Yeah, um, for me, like I, I was telling your producer before I came on here, I, I watched Trubisky in college. I felt like, okay, he's, he only had one year. It's going to take time. 
I saw what he did last year with Nagy. There were some good moments. Heading into this year, they're both responsible right now. First of all, Trubisky's got to have a handful of games where he shows us he can carry the team. Just certain moments, that's how it goes in the NFL with a quarterback. If you're going to be the franchise quarterback, you've got to have those moments, those aha moments like, okay, that's our guy. But Nagy cannot get cute. I keep telling my friends, and no one listens to me, if you watch the Andy Reid tree branch, even when Reed first started off as a call, play caller, he's a great play caller, but he at early on he got real cute with it. A la when you have LaShawn McCoy rolling, he started throwing the ball, which leads to my point with Nagy. If you got these bevy of running backs, run the ball. Like, like make it easy. Run the ball here and there. Add your little other play, play calls. But you got to kind of early on in the NFL season, I watched yesterday, Minnesota did the right thing. We're not going to let Kirk Cousins blow this for us. <laughs> I'm going to run the freaking ball. Yeah. I don't care. Like, we're going to run the ball. Our offensive line is good enough. If, if our offensive line ain't good enough to get one freaking yard, then maybe we need to revamp this thing. But run the ball here and there. If you, I watched that Vikings game. They won on defense and running the ball. Yeah, now, Mike, Kirk, I, Cus- Mike. Mike, we got to go. go. I appreciate the call. It was, yeah, 38 rushes for Minnesota. Uh, they had Kirk Cousins throw the ball just 10 times. He was 8 for 10, and the Vikings get a, a victory 28-12 over a uh, Falcons team that for some reason they don't play very, very well on the road at all. Let's continue our Bears conversation. We bring in Arthur Arkish, Pro Football Weekly. Arthur, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Fred? Good to talk with you. Well, I asked some of the uh, fans, I asked, uh, are you calmed down a little more? Are you more relaxed after you've had some time to get over that Bears loss 10-3 to to the Packers? Or after watching some of the performances yesterday, are you even more aggravated? Uh, have, has your mind or opinion changed uh, over the last couple of days after you've had some time to digest what happened in Soldier Field? Uh, no, not really much. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a pretty pitiful performance and, uh, uh, it appeared like a lot of them weren't really ready and, uh, you know, whether they compound it with another tough outing in Denver or get this thing going much like they did last year, uh, you know, after dropping the ball in the second half at Lambeau and then running off, uh, what I think three straight or four straight there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think now is the time to get carried away. Although I realize everyone, uh, on the Monday after week one, it, it's overreaction Monday for everyone. Uh, I'm not going there. I thought it was a bad performance. You pretty much, uh, you, you know, wipe it away and, and start fresh. And uh, as long as they don't start stacking them together, I think they'll be fine. I, I think that Bears fans probably should, you would have been more concerned about this team if you saw the Packers come in and have, have the Bears defense struggled. We pretty much knew, we thought we knew what we were going to see from the defense, but in your opinion, did you see that and more again from them on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was uh, spectacular, to say the least. Um, that's what was a little jarring, obviously, is, you know, I don't think anyone was stunned that the Bears got beat, but to see the Bears get beat with Aaron Rodgers uh, looking uncomfortable, you know, pretty much the entire night with the exception of a couple throws uh, is what was surprising. And, and, yeah, that's a huge testament to that Bears defense, to their new coordinator and Chuck Pagano. Uh, didn't really seem to skip a beat. Yes, it was unfortunate the timing of that uh, substitution on the yeah. touchdown drive or a pair of substitutions with Ha Clinton Dix being replaced by Deion Bush and, of course, Khalil Mack off the field as well. Um, other than that, though, and, you know, short of not forcing a turnover, obviously, I know that's going to be something we're following closely. Uh, there were only two games last year out of 17 where the Bears failed to force a turnover. 
Uh, they're obviously one for one thus far this year, but um, you really can't ask for much more than what they put out there. And uh, I was encouraged by the way that Chuck Pagano was using some of those guys and uh, really no reason to think that that unit isn't going to continue to be outstanding. Arthur Arkish from Pro Football Weekly, nice enough to join us for a few minutes here. You mentioned the substitutions and, you know, Deion Bush not dropping back, allowing a long, deep, deep pass, and then trying to cover Jimmy Graham, who, you know, I don't, I don't know necessarily that Jimmy Graham is going to have a renewed, uh, you know, a, a good season this year, but he obviously just needed that one catch, and that's what he got uh, against the Bears. The substitution at that time. I mean, in the NFL nowadays, I know you want to make sure you can make those substitutions. What is the reason reason for them at that point in the game? You, you figure you're rolling, things are going well. Uh, are, this, are substitutions not made as often if, in fact, the offense is able to stay on the field and give the defense a blow? Or do you think that because maybe the offense was, wasn't out there as long that a substitution had to be made? Yeah, it's a good question, Fred. I don't want to cop out. Unfortunately, we're still looking for an answer on that one. I've, I've tried to get to the bottom of, uh, you know, Anthony Miller and David Montgomery's uh, inactivity, if right. you will. We've gotten some answers on that. Uh, we're actually going to get a chance to talk with the assistant coaches Tuesday, and, and a lot of the times it is up to those position coaches uh, subbing in and out uh, among their rooms. So, and we haven't obviously heard from Chuck Pagano yet. So, right. Matt Nagy didn't really have a good answer for it Monday. Uh, so, not quite sure. We'll try and find out tomorrow, but. You know, Deion Bush was one of the more impressive players during the Bears' offseason program and training camp. So um, certainly there was confidence that he was going to go out there and there wasn't going to be a big drop-off from HaHa, who actually you know, played really well in his Bears debut. That was largely lost in the shuffle, of course, with the Adrian Amos interception and how well he played. But, um, you know, it's, right now we don't have a great answer. We'll see if we have a better one uh, uh, before we fully turn the page to Denver. But... Um, again, Bush had been really good. Yes, he was out of place on a, on a couple uh, opportunities there. Is only four snaps of the game on defense. So uh, I, I guess it's going to be a live and learn. As far as the outside linebacker rotation, uh, Khalil Mack off the field uh, as well for that lone touchdown drive Thursday night. Um, but we did see a, a little bit more of Isaiah Irving and, and of course, of, uh, of Aaron Lynch, too. So uh, get the sense that maybe that's going to be a little bit more consistent thing where they're going to try and spell Floyd uh, and Mac where they can, and they feel like there won't be as big of a drop off. And, uh, if they're right about that, I think it can be a, a plus for everyone just to keep everyone fresh and, uh, make sure that all those rushes for Mac and Floyd are uh, kind of when they're going, uh, you know, full tilt, if you will. Another minute or two with Arthur Arkish from Pro Football Weekly. Is it is it difficult for people? I've heard this phrase used a couple of times, and I always hesitate, and I try to never say it about a team that loses. But some people say the Bears didn't look prepared. Well, that just blows my mind because, obviously, it's the first game of the season. Uh, you've had nothing but preparation for this game. Uh, do you? Is that a phrase you stay away from? I would think it would be difficult to know if the team is prepared for a game like that. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't want to throw that around lightly, especially now with Nagy as the reigning coach of the year. He did enough to earn the benefit of the doubt last season. Uh, rather than ill-prepared, I think it seemed like there was maybe a lack of focus. I don't know if we're just, uh, uh, you know, if this is uh, kind of just the magic right. here, but that might be a better description for me. It just seemed like guys... Uh, uh, I don't know. The, 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 the focus level wasn't exactly where it needed to be. Now, whether the off-season hype that we heard about for however many months uh, contributed to that, whether the, all the, you know, the other festivities going on as the NFL kicks off its 100th season was part of it, 
Well, I'm not quite sure, but there have been some disappointing performances by Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky in primetime now. So uh, we're not connecting dots yet, but I can say we'll be looking a little bit closer uh, during these games with the high stakes to see uh, if the guys that you need to you know, be at their best uh, can kind of get that going when it hasn't exactly been the case. What do people have to look forward to from Pro Football Weekly this week? Yeah, we're, we're excited for the, uh, the old Vic reunion, so we'll have all kinds of great Bears content uh, over at profootballweekly.com slash Bears. And uh, I've got pieces up today on Anthony Miller. I mentioned he was you know, only 16 snaps on offense for him Thursday night. That was disappointing. Had a chance to talk with him in the locker room today, so go check that out. Uh, about to finish up a Leonard Floyd piece, too. If you're looking for silver linings from Thursday, I'm not sure you're going to find any better than Leonard Floyd. That was a, uh, an outstanding performance and I think probably bodes well for his uh, – uh, for the rest of the season for him. Yeah, I saw the stat that seven of his 17-and-a-half sacks are against Aaron Rodgers. I guess he just has to play the Packers a little bit more often, and then he'll be a pro bowler. Uh, appreciate it as always, Arthur. We, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, Fred. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Arthur Arkes, Pro Football Weekly. Some great, great stuff, great content. It's great that the season is underway. Obviously, we would love to see it start a little bit better than it did for the Bears. Hey, if you're driving around, you're looking for a car, you say, you know what, I need to go get one. Stop on over at Glenview. Stop at Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. In Glenview, you get a low price and a whole lot more. Some dealerships advertise false prices. You get in, you say, where can I find this? Well, I'm sorry, we don't have that, but we have this more expensive one over here. Well, at Fields, they want to earn your business, and they'll never mislead you. You see a price, you go on it, it's there. Go on over to Fields Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Glenview. Check out the Jeep Gladiator, an awesome vehicle, and you can visit them at fieldscjd.com. We come back. How do teams do if they start the season 0-2, getting to the postseason? Not that the Bears are going to lose to Denver, but it's tough going to Denver in September, going up against Vic Fangio. We'll talk about that. We come back. Don't forget, Mike Davis will be with us, the Bears running back, in the 7 o'clock hour. We're out here at Bannerman's in Bartlett on Route 59. It's Football Night in Chicago, brought to you by Miller Lite, right here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Eubner, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Fred Eubner with you. We're live here at Bannerman's in Bartlett. Don't forget... Top of the hour, Mike Davis, the running back for the Bears, will be joining us. We've got an hour to talk about what happened and what's going to happen and also welcome him here to Chicago. Um, Before we went to break, I was reading Mark Potash in the Sun-Times today, and he was talking about teams that go 0-2. Now, heaven forbid that that happens, but you never know. It's the National Football League, okay? Um, Since the 12-team playoff format in 1990, only 13.1% of teams that started 0-2 made the playoffs. 30 out of 229. But 0-2 teams coming off a winning season, 24% of the time they start 0-2 and then they get their mojo going and they get it back going 6 of 25. So when the Bears go to Denver, we're not hoping for a loss, but it's not a lost cause. And fans reacted a lot. They call Monday's overreaction Monday, not only in college football, but also the NFL. So there's been a lot of reaction about what happened. We'll discuss that all in the next hour. A couple more uh, Matt Nagy quotes from earlier today. And one of the questions to the Bears head coach was, where does the team need to improve most? Probably everywhere. I think for for not just us in general on offense uh, schematically, just all of us just you know sticking to to what we know. Um, 
I don't really think there's, you know, any. The, the one thing when you look back at that game is that th- we, we lived in that third and seven, third and eight, third and nine world. That's a difficult uh, success percentage for, for an offense. So we just want to make sure, I think, trying to stay more, you know, in that when you do get third downs, to have it more in that third and medium range. Um, and I say that, and then, you know, we had a couple third and ones that we didn't convert, but we know that we need to convert those and stay away from the third and longs. Yeah, there's no doubt they need to convert on those third and ones. You get it. You, you can't complain about third and six, third and seven, third and eight. When you get two third and ones, you don't convert on those. Um, he also, the one thing, I did the post game right after the game, and the one thing in his post game comments that kind of aggravated me a little bit where he, he wasn't making light of it, but he said, I don't have a play for first and 40 after three straight 10-yard penalties. I wasn't in the mood to hear him being funny or sarcastic after watching it uh there were a couple of plays for the offensive line some holding calls that was interesting to see because they didn't happen last year last year the offensive line was flagged for holding believe it or not three times and i'm sorry last year was eight times all year the fewest in the nfl they were flagged three times actually four times three were accepted one was declined so the offensive line didn't do a lot of favors for Mitch or the running game. Hopefully everything gets fixed as the Bears get ready to take on Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos this coming weekend at Mile High. Again, you get a chance to check out the Broncos later on tonight on ESPN. They play the late game, the doubleheader on Monday, the first week of the NFL season. So we'll have a lot to talk about tomorrow. Cap and Company starting at 9 a.m. We come back, we'll have a chance for you to meet and hear from the Bears, one of the Bears' new running backs, running back Mike Davis, as he will join us here. We are live at Batterman's here in Bartlett on Route 59. Stop on by. We've got a pair of Miller Lite loft tickets to give away for you a little bit later on. you got to be here to win. Also, $4, 22-ounce Miller Lite drafts throughout the course of the night. Football night in Chicago right here. 312-332-3776. you got a question for the Bears' Mike Davis or for me. Just jump on in. We're brought to you by Miller Lite right here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Eubner. How's this sound? You, me, a bar, a beer, and a bear. Only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Uh, welcome on in. We are live at Bannerman's in Bartlett. Come on by. We're here until 8 o'clock. Football Night in Chicago on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. If you got a question for the Bears running back, Mike Davis, or for me, 312-332-3776. we got a pair of Miller Lite loft tickets to give away a little bit later on for the upcoming game with the Saints. Be here for a while as we bring in one of the newest running backs for the Chicago Bears, Mike Davis. Mike, welcome. Hey, man, what's going on? Well, there's a lot of people here, a, a lot of uh, Bears fans, and uh, and obviously, um, first time you get a chance to sit and uh, listen to a, a lot of the Bears fans. Welcome to the NFC North. You spent your previous time in the uh, out, out West with San Francisco and with Seattle, and uh, welcome to Chicago. W- why the Bears? Why did you decide to come here and play for the Chicago Bears? 
Uh, last year, man, I, honestly, I wouldn't want to play against this defense for one. <laughs> and um, you can just tell by watching these guys, they had a lot of fun, and there's a lot of weapons on this offense. So so the club dub videos got out to everybody, right? Everybody around the league saw those? Yeah, everybody saw those. It was, it was so many of them. Yeah, and you saw, I mean, it was a lot of fun last year. A team that uh, a lot of Bears fans didn't know what to expect last year, and then you see a, a 12-win season, you go to the playoffs, and uh, uh, yeah, the, the club dub videos, and uh, the, they didn't allow the media, in which personally to me that's a good thing. You don't want to see any of the media guys in there. That's, that would be a bad thing. But uh, yeah, so you come on over from Seattle. You had a you had a nice year with Seattle last year. Uh, uh, first chance you can make the playoffs, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. My first time going to the playoffs. Uh, it was actually pretty fun. Yeah, I mean that's actually the desire. Obviously, Super Bowls the the key thing. We get into the uh, NFL, just making the playoffs a little bit of a different field than uh, than you're used to. What were you expecting when you first got there? Uh, to the playoffs? Yeah. Um, I was just expecting it to be you know faster. Uh, everybody's on edge because, you know, you lose your route. Mm-hmm. And um, that's exactly what you get in the playoffs. Everything is faster. Yeah, a little bit of a different thing there. Uh, you come over to Chicago, and I didn't know that – I don't think anybody up in, uh, you know, Hallis Hall's calling it did. And uh, I was watching the game the other day, and Al Michaels kept saying, well, the Bears three-headed monster in the backfield. And, you know, you and Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery, I, first time I heard that, how about you? Uh, I guess it's my, I mean, I haven't watched it, but I'm quite sure it's anybody's first time hearing it. Yeah, I mean, I had not heard it before. You come to a team with uh, a couple of running backs, Tariq Cohen, a guy that's not your prototypical normal running back, a guy that lines up in the backfield, and then uh, David Montgomery. Uh, what are your thoughts on Montgomery, a guy, a rookie that comes in here? I mean, Bears fans, not a lot of Bears fans probably watch a lot of Iowa State College uh, football. But your thoughts on Montgomery and how he's fit into this team? Um, he's legit. And he, you know, he, he's going to have every opportunity to prove that to everybody. So everybody's going to see how legit he is. Uh, when you come here to the Bears, you saw their offense last year. Matt Nagy, a guy that, that, that does a lot of things, kind of like you know, with the Andy Reid and with uh, Philadelphia and what they do with their offense, a little different, you know, um, a lot of different options, a lot of different players being run. Was that something that attracted you to coming here? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, I've seen a lot of opportunities offense, and especially uh, seeing a player that was designed for the players. You can you can tell it was, you know, it's, it's a player friendly uh, offense, and you, I mean, you sit back and watch the plays are amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people around the country had a chance. You see a guy like Tariq Cohen and all the different ways that he was put in. And Tariq, it's nice to be to tower over a running back partner, right? Because you're you're five nine, Tariq, what five six? If that, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to. Yeah, it it is kind of you know. But how tall is that? Dave's like what? Like 5'11"? I don't, yeah, I, don't I think know. so. Yeah, Dave, he's, he's Dave, a little bigger. Dave's up there now. He, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a little bigger. So you guys are, you got the stepping stones, but you've got uh, a guy like Tariq Cohen, and he's a, he's a, a smaller guy. But you're a guy that you, you, you're a regular running back. You get in line up in the backfield, run up the middle. You're, you can do a little bit of everything. And I think a lot of Bears saw this, Bears fans, not only can you run the ball, but you also can catch the ball, and uh, you had six catches in the opener. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm just trying to catch everything that comes my way. Uh, it might not have been game plan, but whenever the ball's my way, man, I'm trying to catch it. So, I mean, when when you got here, was that what you, what you were expecting? Were you expecting to just be a guy that runs the ball, or you think when the Bears came to you, they said, "Listen, we we see what you can do. You can catch the ball." I saw last year you had a bunch of catches with Seattle last year. Yeah, it was it was a similar uh, situation. 
um, whenever the ball came my way, man, I was trying to catch it. And um, I, I mean, teams knew, I guess, when I was coming out of free agency that I can be, I can line up everywhere mm-hmm. and um, I can get open. Um, you know, that that was the thing. And um, what was <laughs> what was it like playing for Pete Carroll? I mean, a lot of people here we don't we don't get a chance to see the Seattle Seahawks much, obviously not being in the Bears division. But what's it like playing for a guy like Pete Carroll? Uh, Pete Carroll, he's a, he's a player's coach. Um, he he's cool. He's laid back. He's he tries to be understanding of the players and what goes on in uh in our lives and in, in the community. So um, he asks a lot of questions and he tries to be you know understandable. Bears running back Mike Davis joining us here on Football Night in Chicago here live at Bannerman's in Bartlett. Come on out. We'll be here until 8 o'clock. Uh, you were drafted by the 49ers back in 2015. Most people are listening. I, I've been a big Niner fan for a long time. When I was growing up, I actually watched, you know, sat there. I'm an older guy, so I had a chance to watch TV and watch Notre Dame play. And I said, this Montana's not bad. And then he went to the Niners, so I became a Niner fan because it was down during one of the down times for the Bears. And uh, so, you know, how was it out in San Francisco? You were there for a couple of years after getting drafted. Um, it was, you know, it was it was kind of dark for me, a dark mm-hmm. time. Um, coming in uh, with guys like Reggie Bush in front of me, uh, Carlos Hyde, and um, a lot of veteran guys. Right. And, and it was just, it was, I want to say different. Because uh, coming in, you know, nothing was given. You had to work for it. And um, it just, at times, nobody, it seemed like nobody wanted to help. Right. And um, just certain things you had to learn on your own. And I, I vowed, you know, when I got here, if I was ever to get, a, like, a rookie running back like Dave, I would mm-hmm. always help him with anything. I was going to ask you that, actually. One of the questions I had written down here, when you're a guy that comes in and you've had a few years in the league, I mean, Tariq Cohen's been here, but you got a guy like David Montgomery. Do you do you offer up advice, or do you wait and see if he asks for it? Oh, no, I, I, always, uh, I always give him advice. Um, you know, he goes out, you know, some things he has learned on, on his own. He mm-hmm. asks questions. And um, any advice I can give him, I always give him. Uh, I tell him what to look for, um, things he can do extra, um, those type of things. But um, he he goes out and he does it. They say that's one of the things about Montgomery is that a lot of rookies, sometimes they come to the league and they're not going to ask questions because they're maybe a little too timid or that. They say Montgomery's not. He's not that kind of guy. No, nah, he's, he's not timid at all, man. He, he, he wants to win. He wants to play. And uh, he, wants to, he wants to come out and prove, you know, that you know he can play in this league. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's very rare to get a, a rookie who comes in early, understand it, and mm-hmm. who who's hungry to play. And uh, he's one of those guys. And, and they talked about one of the things with him is they talk about all the uh, breaking tackles, leading the leading college football and breaking tackles. Have you seen that in practice too? Yeah, of course I've seen it in practice. <laughs> uh, the, move, the moves are sick. I'm telling you, he he, he had one play in uh in, in training camp where he ran over uh, two people, and it was just like, oh my god. <laughs> Usually, you're, usually as a running back, you try to avoid people. I know Bears fans are used to what you know. The longtime Bears fans used to seeing Walter Payton, who never avoided contact. He'd run right at the guy. It seems like that's what the Bears have in a guy like David Montgomery. A lot of times in the NFL, you last longer if you run away from guys. Yeah, that's one of the things <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I told him, you know, like like sometimes you know you don't you don't if it's a you know a hit you don't have to take like, right you, like. Don't do it. But, <laughs> Avoid you know, it if you can. But he's, you know, he's young. You know, he, you know, he's just ready to hit somebody. So, you know, you can you can expect that from him. You, you had a chance to see. I don't want to say necessarily the good and the bad, um, but probably the passion 
that Chicago Bears fans have. I mean, being down in Bourbonnais, you saw the big crowds in Bourbonnais, the fans coming on down there and, and seeing everybody at practice. And then in the third and fourth quarters, you might have heard fans booing. Uh, how does, how does a, a player react to that, uh, being at home? Um, because, you know, it's first game, game one of the season, it's a 16-game season. It's tough, but these, these are fans that are expecting more, and I'm sure you guys are expecting more too. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, none of us, you know, it's better to come out and only score three points. You know, that's, that's not what we want. And, uh, I mean, we understand the frustration from, from the fans. And, uh, I mean, I mean, we had, you know, first and 40, second and 40, third yeah. and 40. Like, I mean, there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah, and it's a situation, too, where you look at it and, uh, you know, people in all, in all sports, fans are upset. And I've tried to mention uh, there was a lot of times where I cover locker rooms, and there's never anybody, any fan, more upset than the players are when when things don't work that their way, especially in a short 16 game season. Now, there wasn't one happy guy in that locker room uh, after the game on Thursday. Oh no, nah, that's you know not. Yeah, we no no player in that locker room you know wants to lose, especially to the Packers. Yeah, and uh, you know you have a lot of guys with a lot of passion, and uh, for us to only put up three points, a lot of a lot of us was like really like like really like angry at that. Wait, and, you know we had to sit back and look at look at each other like like what did we do? Did that get not drilled into you? But you're a guy that's been around the league for a little while. Did you understand the Bears Packer rivalry? Oh uh, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course I understand it. Uh, it's been going on for a very very long time. And, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to win. You know, I want to win every game that we can. we got to take it a, a week at a, at a time. There were um, years ago when Lovey Smith came here, he, at his opening press conference, he said the one thing he wanted to make sure they do is beat the Packers twice. Now, most fans love that because beating the Packers is great. A lot of people in the media said, well, your goal should be much more than just beating the Packers. But uh, you look at it. Last year the Bears were 5-1 and one in the division. And you play these teams twice. You get to know these teams like the Packers and the Lions and the Vikings. You get to know, know them. It's important winning these division games. You came from the NFC North. You, you know you, you know the Niners in Arizona and Seattle. That's what you want to do. You've got to go out and beat your own guys. Yeah, those, those division games are the games, you know, that's the most, you know, tough games and most physical ones because mm-hmm. both teams know that you need this game, you know, the most. And um, that was something that was understood. And, um, you know, next time we face them, you know, it'll, it'll be totally different. The uh, Chicago Bears, uh, they know that with the way that they played last year, the way they played at home last year, you get that home crowd behind you. You're coming from a place when you were in Seattle. Uh, they talk about the 12th man and how important that is. What is it like playing in Seattle with that crowd? Because you can only see so much on TV. But what is like? What's it like being on the field when you know those fans are in the stands cheering for you guys? Um, it's, it's, it's just like you have another uh, another player on a, you know with you, and um, is you know it's very loud, and um, we use it as an we use it as an uh, advantage. And uh, something to help, you know, hype us up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the sound different in that place? The way it's all set up in Seattle, with the the, the way on the on the sides, it seems like the stands are a little bit steeper. The sound kind of stays in there and makes it even a little louder. Yeah, I, don't, I was always trying to figure out like how is it so loud and uh-huh. but I think something was like 
how it was built to like the sound goes up and comes like right back down or something something crazy like that yeah at soldier field it's it's a little more open but i know it was a little loud it was loud out there for the opening of the game oh yeah it was it was really loud i mean I, you trust me I, I felt the fans that was out there too but um it was it, it was great to actually to come out there and and, and play and um and hear the fans the three one two three three two three seven seven six. You got a question for Mike Davis, the Chicago Bears uh, running back. The Bears getting ready to take on uh, the Denver Broncos, and uh, I was mentioning earlier. I know it's a late uh, game, nine fifteen start for the, um, the the Broncos and the Raiders tonight. Uh, is there like a, a team watch party? You guys all just going to watch it in your own houses? Um, you know, it might just just pull up at you know Cleo Max crib, and everybody goes over there and watch it or something. I don't know. <laughs> he should invite everybody. Have ever have them all over and sit and watch, order some pizzas and watch the game. That be that be a good thing to see. When you watch a game like this, I mean, Bears fans are going to watch it to see how Joe Flacco does and how Denver does. Vic Fangio, a guy that was here with the Bears for the last several years as a defensive coordinator, now finally getting a job as a head coach. Do you watch games differently as a player than we do as fans? And what is it do you look for when you're watching a game? Um, I'm, I'm looking for matchups. I'm looking at formations, how, how the, uh, their defense plays uh, certain formations. And um, basically to see how, how good their defense is. And have you, ever seen, have you ever seen anything in a game and gone to your coaches and say, listen, I saw something in this game last night on this team we're going to play, and some, this might work? No. No? no Come no. on. <laughs> You've never taken it to the coach. I know every fan out there says, hey, I saw this. Maybe if we did this, maybe that would work for us. No, it, there's a great chance that they, they went out and seen it as well. Um, I, I don't go up and just say, you know, hey, this this work. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not that type of player. I just I just go out and do what I'm told. Okay, okay. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. One of the biggest questions uh, for Bears fans and for a lot of Bears people or fans who just watched the game the other day, we expected to see a higher power offense. And I know Matt Nagy said unacceptable. You mentioned it too. What what happened? I mean, were you guys surprised by anything the Packers threw at you, or it was just you guys not doing what what you were hoping to do? Uh, we didn't do what we was hoping to do. It was it wasn't that. It was uh, we were getting big plays, and then we'll get a penalty. Like mm-hmm. every every time we had something going, a penalty came behind it, and that's that's like really stressful. And it, and throughout the whole game, we hurt ourselves. Like, yeah. we, like we'll have good runs, we have big plays, and then boom, holding penalty or a hands to the face penalty, and and it was just really, it was really, really frustrating. Uh, well, I mentioned a stat earlier: the Bears last year with the, with the whole, entire season, they got called the offensive line and tight ends for eight holding penalties, and this past week against the Packers, they were actually flagged four times. Three of them were called. So it's three. They you can only, they can only have if I'm the offensive line coach, I'm Harry Heaston. I say, listen, guys. You had eight last year. You already had three. You're only allowed five more all year long. No more. No more of this holding penalty. And, and this is a line. I mean, you're you're running behind these guys, but you have, you didn't. You know, you're new to this team. James Daniels moves over to center. Uh, Cody Whitehair moves to the guard position. Kyle Long is back and he's healthy. What what do you see with this Bears offensive line? How important is the cohesiveness of them? I mean. A lot of times you get a brand new center. Daniels is a guy who played really well at guard last year. They flipped him. What are your thoughts on the O line going forward? Um, we we just have to be better. We we I mean we can't we can't do with with the penalties that we were getting, um, and just you know just make it the you know the most of our opportunities. 
And um, I, I, I can't wait to next week so we can, you know, go out and, you know, improve the we're better than what we did last week. Well, and I was going to, you know, next week is, is Denver. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit. And I mentioned some of your stats. You had five rushes for 19 yards. The Bears only ran the ball um, 12 called runs. Uh, Mitch ran out of the pocket three times um, and scrambled for three times. I know as a running back, you like the ball as much as you can possibly get it because you want to be involved in the offense. I mean, yeah, I know the random man is going to turn down, you know. <laughs> you know carries or anything like that but um yeah i mean we only ran it like what what 13 times Uh, yeah yeah yeah. you had 12 called runs only three in the three second half handoffs and i know matt Nagy's mentioned too that they need to run the ball more and that uh, that's always interesting and you don't have to say this that's always interesting when i hear a head coach say we need to run the ball more you're calling the plays again. You don't need to comment on that if you if you don't want to. <laughs> no, I, I mean, listen. I, I trust Matt Nagy 100. percent Yeah. Know, if anything, we, we have to go out there and execute the plays that he calls, no matter what it is. Even you know, even on third one, like third down, we didn't we didn't you know execute a lot of the plays. Right. So is it. It can be on him to call the players, but we also have to execute the players that he calls. Well, and you talked about it, and that's one of the stats that everybody always looks at, third down efficiency. The defense held the Packers to two conversions out of 12 for 17%. The Bears only converted three of 15, and obviously that's not accepted. That's probably something that was was, uh, not not drilled into you guys, but they all know that that can't happen on third down. No, nah, I mean, we, we know it can happen. Uh, and, you know, our, our defense, they went out there and played, played out of their minds. And the crazy part about it is <laughs> we were still in the game the whole entire time. Right. What's it, what was it like going up against the defense in, in camp? Because now once the season starts, you guys don't go up. The ones don't go up against the ones, right? No, nah, we, we win. Oh, do you still? I mean, I mean, now that the season started? Uh, we have our times to go against the ones. Oh, okay. And what, what's it like going up against that that defense? Um, it's 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 pretty hard <laughs> to go against the defense that we have now. And um, I'm telling you, it it is hard to to get off plays against a Matt coming off the edge and throw against guys like Calford and all these guys because they're all fast and move around. But um, it was. No, it was it was hard. And unlike some running backs, I mean, you're you're going up against not only the guys in the line, but like you mentioned, going up against you know spinning out of the backfield and trying, going up against the Kyle Fuller or somebody else too. That makes it even more difficult. Yeah, like all those guys, Roquan, Danny. Um, it was it was most definitely difficult. When the game started, I thought Roquan was going to tackle everybody. He made a couple <laughs> tackles right off the bat and flying up the middle. And he's a guy that, I mean, Bears fans saw him at the beginning of last year. He was a, a guy that started a little slow, but he was ready. And uh, he's a guy that just seems like he had nothing but growth potential for him. Yeah, man. Roe Ro is most definitely sideline to sideline. And you can see that in his, in, in his previous game, you know, how, how fast he is to get in the backfield and tackle guys. Well, I mean, good good football's played in uh, you know in the southeast, right? Oh yeah, of course in the SEC, you know, it's, it's a lot of good football. I, I can't say that this year. I don't know what's going on in SEC this year, uh-huh. but 
you know, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, SEC football was, you know, it's always the best. Yeah, if I forgot to mention, you were a South Carolina guy. So, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so yeah. forgot to mention that. Yeah, we used to beat up on UGA. That's right. That's right. So we come back a lot more with Mike Davis. You got a question for him? 312-332-3776. Bears getting ready for Denver. We're talking some Bears football. It's football night in Chicago right here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Eubner, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. He's a good player. We were really excited to get him in free agency. We identified him early and thought that could be in that tier of free agency we could get. He's really well-rounded. Um, he's ta- he's taken on this role uh, just with a really good mindset. As far as these, none of these guys are are selfish, so they, they they're all great teammates. And those three are together all the time, and they can all play off each other. They all bring different things to the table. Uh, but I think Mike Davis is going to be a good player for us. Our pro department did a great job identifying him. And uh, but again, when we get the pads on, and, and especially in the, in the preseason, when you see this guy, these guys going full speed, you're going to feel his value. Oh, that was General Manager Ryan Pace talking about the acquisition of Bears running back Mike Davis. Mike Davis with us here at Football Night in Chicago. Fred Hubner with you. We are live at Bannerman's in Bartlett here on Route 59. Be here till the top of the hour. And then don't forget, Jay Hood taking over at 8 o'clock. Uh, we've got a pair of Miller Lite loft tickets if you're driving around in the area. This happened last year, Mike. I was doing a show last year with Trey Burton, and I said, if you're driving around, Come on by. You never know. Maybe you'll win. A guy heard me, came by, signed up, won the tickets. Oh. <laughs> and he came up to me afterwards. He goes, I was just driving around. I was in the neighborhood. I heard I won the tickets. So, I, you know, you, it can happen to you, too. You can win tickets to the uh, Bears-Saints game coming up, the Miller Light Loft. Um, Ryan Pace talking very, very nice about you. Obviously, you guys had some nice conversations, and uh, everything went well. What were your thoughts about him when, he, when you guys first sat down and talked? Um, he's 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 very intelligent. Um, he's he's a, a player of GM. Um, you know, going into a lot of situations, uh, a lot of people don't like their GMs, but you know, Ryan, you know, Pace is he's very straightforward, and um, th- they let you know the thing you know they like, what they expect, and um, what you should do. He also talked about how you guys complement each other. Talking about you and Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. Do you guys? It seems weird because fans, we don't know. We see you guys play, and then all of a sudden we don't see you again for another week. Do you hang with the guys? Do you hang with the running backs? Do you have a group of guys? Or did someone, when you first got to the team, did someone, like, come up and you become instant buddies? Uh, yeah, you know, Tariq is one of those guys. Tariq is, is, is a great person. and um, I, 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 Well, you can tell, obviously, from, you know, like social media and everything, but Tariq is, is the most definitely a great, uh, great person. And, uh, you know, with Dave coming in, of course, we all hung out. You know, we hang out with each other. Um, we talk a lot. We talk about the game. We talk about things we can do and um, how we can get better every week. When you came here, was there anybody you'd played with in the past that was uh, with the Bears? Um, Elliot Fry. Okay. <laughs> the kicker. <laughs> okay. Um, at South Carolina. But um, other than that, um, I don't think it was anybody um, that I played with. How did you guys, I mean, you've been around the league for a little bit. How did you guys take to the, the nine kickers coming in and then the battle <laughs> between kickers. Elliott and, uh, and, and you, know, we, you know, Eddie Pinheiro? How did you guys as, as players, it seemed like that took on a whole life of its own, this kicker uh, competition? Um, I mean, 
I mean, we want the right kicker. <laughs> right. We we want to be able to win games, and uh, if we put it in the kicker's hand, we want to make sure that he's able to, you know, make that kick if it's 50 or 40 yards. And um, seeing it in camp uh, was – actually, I, I feel like it put the pressures on the kicker because all the eyes are on them. Mm-hmm. Did, did, I don't know, did you – yesterday, because you guys played Thursday, yesterday, the first Sunday of the NFL, did you have a chance to watch some of the games? Um, I watched a couple, uh, not too many, but I watched uh, like a lot of highlights. There were a lot. Well, one of the things they might not have shown in the highlights, there were a lot of missed kicks yesterday. There, oh. there were missed extra points. Um, the guy, Kari Vedvik, that had been mentioned that the Bears were interested in, uh, Minnesota had given him a fifth-round uh, given a fifth round pick to Baltimore for him. Then they released him. He kicked for the Jets. He missed a field goal and an extra point. Mm. And there were several extra points missed around the league. Uh, yeah. Some other some other ball uh, kicks that were missed, and you know you got you're a running back. You're able to just go and do the do your thing. Kicking's not easy. It may look easy. No, it's not easy. <laughs> but it's not easy, is it? No, because you only get you know one chance at it. That's the uh, the the beauty about me playing my position. Uh, you can judge me for one week, and then the next week, like, okay, he's really not that bad. Uh-huh. So it's it's like he you miss one kick then okay yeah he's you miss another one then okay something is really really bad right but it's, it's a lot of pressure on kickers sure it it is and uh, you know Eddie Pinero he kicked, he kicked the one field goal that they he was called on to kick as the Bears uh, he got the only points for the Bears right now as the Bears lose ten to three getting ready for the game against uh, Denver coming up this weekend now when you sat down before before we started talking to you on the air I had said. They threw – you got seven targets and six receptions. I said, I bet that one you missed was – and you you jumped right away. That 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 would have been a good one, wouldn't it? Yeah, that was going to for sure be a touchdown if, uh, if Mitch didn't get hit. That was that was a touchdown for sure. Yeah, and, and that's – you seem to get wide open, right? Mm. Now, is that on you? Is that on the play caller, in, you know, upstairs? Is it's getting you wide open? Obviously, that's the scheme. You want to make sure you they get you open, but you seem to be wide open on that play. Um, it was uh, something that we called, and uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying to win every play, mm-hmm. and on that, I, I already figured I was going to win on that route. Only thing we had to do was give Mitch the time to throw it. Well, and I asked earlier if you see things on other games, you go to the coach. Do you see things when you're running, you're on the field, and you say, "Listen, this is going to work." Do you tell the guy, the coach, or somebody on the sidelines, "Listen, I can get wide open. This is going to work," or is it still a situation where you're you're new to the team and you don't bring that up? Um, that's really the big thing. I, you know, I am new to the team, so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't go out and just, "Hey, we can do this, this, and that, and it'll work." But um, I, I do put my two cents in as far as if if I see. Uh, a guy, you know what I'm saying, dropping in coverage who I think is, you know, is not good, who can't cover. Right. Uh, those type of things. If I if I see man to man and every time we go out, this guy's covering me, um, I go in and say that. After that game the other day, we talked about how obviously everybody was disappointed. Uh, Matt Nagy said, you know, three points, unacceptable. How has the team ba- reacted and bounced back from that? You guys had practice yesterday. You had a couple of days off. You had Saturday, Sunday off. You're off tomorrow. You had practice today. How, how did things go? Um, it went good. We ran out. We ran uh, our 10-10-10 practice. Um, we we went out and we executed. Uh, we knew we know the things we did wrong. We we watched film. Um, you know, we just wanted to go out and correct the things we did wrong. 
what what does uh, you know what does a Mike Davis do when you know you got time off, you got free time away from practice and away from the facility? What what do you do? What do you like to do in your your free your free time? Uh, video games, if anything. Uh-huh. Um, video games, play a. Uh call of duty or um 2k which just came i'm trying to get my grind on on a on a new 2k and um other than that man uh i just started watching the office okay the the original i mean you just started watching now yeah, like what, on netflix year. or yeah on netflix i just started watching the office well i mean you're wearing you're wearing a stranger thing sweatshirt yeah. so i knew right away you were you had netflix yeah 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 of <laughs> course i actually uh I, I love all the season of stranger things so i had to get you know, I had to make sure I get some of the the gear. <laughs> Representing. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, the video games, and I know Tariq. Yes. He's huge in this. Yeah. I mean, he was on Twitch and everything else, right? Yeah. And, you know, we were worried about getting, wanting the uniforms and everything else. I mean, is it is it a big thing with a lot of the players in the league? Yeah, a lot of the players in the league uh, play video games, you know, all day. And, um you know, depending on the system, a lot of a lot of us actually play against each other and okay. play with each other. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually fun, and it's something that a lot of players do all day in their free time. Well, and you, you figure you you've got a lot of free time, <clears throat> even in, even in training camp. When you guys did, did most people bring their systems down to Bourbon A? Um, a couple of people brought brought it down. But, you might um, not have as a, as a new guy. You might not have wanted to do that. Uh, probably. I mean, you, you never know how good, you know, the wireless Internet is, especially with us being sure. on campus. But um, other than that, man, <laughs> during camp, the days are so long. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you probably have. You're done and you like, crash, right? Like two hours. Yeah. You, I mean, you're not, after practice, you, you're not, you're not going to want to play the game mm-hmm. in training camp. You know, like, you, you probably have meetings in like 30 minutes or something. Like, you're not going to want to play the game. Right. When uh, you look at it, and I, I had asked you earlier what you were watching for, and you're 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 pretty intense watching the game here. The the Saints are playing. Um, you've got some guys that you've played with that are playing for the Saints, don't don't you? Yeah, Cook, um, uh, Evan Kamara is my guy as well, and um, my guy uh, Duke Johnson plays for Houston. You know, I'm rooting for him. Uh, they also have they have Carlos Hyde play with him at, with the 49ers. So you got you got guys all around the league, and when you're watching games, um, do you ever do you ever you see a guy make a play? You text him, so when he gets home, gets back to his phone. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, even you know this past weekend, you know I have a lot of uh, a lot of players that you know that play in the league, and um, of course I always text them and tell them you know good game. Even before the game, I always text them and say have a good game. You know something like that. Just, sure. Just wishing them good luck. Sure. Um, since we asked you about Netflix and Stranger Things, anything, any other shows, The Office, Stranger Things, anything else you watch on there? You watch Mindhunter? No. Okay. It's uh, two guys that uh, interview serial killers. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Second season's over, almost, yeah, it's done. It's <laughs> posted up there. You can I, watch that. I might, have, I might have to look that up. Other than that, man, I, I'd be on YouTube most of the time. Uh-huh. Watching uh, other people play the video game. <laughs> You know, we wondered about that because obviously I'm much older than most people here. Uh, but but that's a thing, isn't it? Watching other people play video games because now the esports is huge. Yeah, you see it on TV all the time, and it's everywhere. They're big arenas. They're packing people in. Other people watching video, playing video games. Yeah, it's actually uh, pretty entertaining. Um, I don't I don't know why it is, but for some reason it is entertaining to actually watch other people play the video game actually see them do good and um it's also fun to see them you know rage and all that too so it's, it's pretty funny yeah uh back to Tariq. is is Tariq can't be this crazy all the time is he 
Because when we see him, he seems like – I mean, he threw out a first pitch at the Sox game. I think it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. He threw out a first pitch along with C.J. Sapong from the uh, – uh, Chicago Fire soccer team. They both threw out the first pitch, and CJ is like six foot, and he was towering over <laughs> over Tariq. But he's a he's a guy that he always seems to have a smile on his face. Yes, Tariq, Tariq is that you know that player that you know some days you know you may not feel like you want to you know what I mean practice, and some days you might be going through it. And Tariq is that guy you know that's able you know to hype you up and get you through it. So it's it's always good to have a guy like Tariq. You know, on a team, and he is always happy. He's, he's always having fun, and um, I mean, you just love to see it. They gave him nicknames, you know, the human joystick and all this other stuff. But he did something. The fourth preseason game, he wasn't going to play. None of the none of the guys played in the fourth preseason game for the most part. He was catching ball and doing backflips in the end zone. <laughs> and I didn't know if that was something that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace would have taken too kindly because he's a guy we're resting you so you don't get hurt. You're doing backflips in the end zone in, in pregame warmups. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I don't know about that either. But you know, he's he's a highlight real player. Mm-hmm. Like Tariq is is legit a, a special guy, and you know he can he can break out anytime. And um, the speed is 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 <laughs> is unmatchable. Like I, I haven't seen anything like it. Yeah, in turbo. Uh, yeah, I think I think Bears fans are they can't wait see a little bit more. From the backfield, as I mentioned, only 12 uh, rushes, 12 called rushes, only three second-half handoffs for the Chicago Bears, hopefully uh, more of them. I know that you'd, uh, you'd accept that you had five carries for 19 yards. You're, you're, how, many, how many snaps did you get? I didn't have that. But you had, uh, so you had five rushes, six uh, receptions. So you had 11 times you had the, your hands on the ball. How many times were you out there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's not, I don't pay attention to my snap count. Yeah. Um, does it does it work on, on snap counts and that? Do you know once the game starts when you're going to be in? No, no. They, not, so they call at you least guys. Well, not yet. Uh, all you you know can do is just stand by the coach and he just tell you, hey, you know you're in. Okay, so and they, then you know after every play, you know we're looking to the sideline to see who's coming in, what formations, and what's going on. When they script the 15 plays at the beginning of the game, I know sometimes that changes because they're based on down and distance when they get the ball and things like that. But when you know ahead of time, do you know if you're scripted into those 15 plays? No. No? Okay. <laughs> so, it's, it, it, so when you guys get out there and the, the game starts, the Bears uh, usually defer, which is usually, I think, a good call. Um, and, and then all of a sudden you get the ball. You don't, you, you don't know on the first possession if you're going to be out there or not. No, you, you never know. That's that's. I mean, the thing about this offense is, you, I mean, you just always have to always be ready, and that's the thing with you know all the running backs that we have. Uh, you know, I'm in. Davis in. Tariq is in. You know, we're always you know ready to go, no matter what formation, whatever the play is. We're you know we're always ready for it. As as we let you go, we appreciate you for coming out here. Um, what is it that you guys want to do? better obviously you want to win the game you want to beat denver what is it that you guys want to do when you take on the broncos have you played in denver the mile high yeah, the, the, <laughs> you know the temp you know what it's like the climate and all the stuff and the high high altitude what is it you guys want to do the one thing you want to do and uh get done when you take out the broncos this weekend uh we just want to be uh more efficient um make sure you know every play is positive you know uh limit you know penalties go out execute and um have fun that's the main thing have fun 
and go out and just show people what this offense is, is really capable of. You, you know, get, we just have to stick together. Maybe you get your first chance to do Club Dub on, on the road. That'd be, that'd be okay. Oh, yeah. It's a I, traveling club. <laughs> is, is it really? I think so. It oh, travels man. with. I'm not sure if the, you know, the, the mirrored ball and everything goes with, but I'm pretty sure they, they, they can travel to Club Dub. Oh, yeah, man. I can't wait to see what Club Dub is all about. Yeah, it would be nice. And uh, hearing Matt Nagy yell boom a few times, that would be nice <laughs> to see, too. Mike, appreciate you coming out. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Bears and the Broncos matchup. Let's hear it from Mike Davis, Bears running back, as the Bears gear up for Denver. It's football night in Chicago here at Bannerman's in Bartlett. Come on by, $4, 22-ounce Miller Lite drafts throughout the night. We're brought to you by Miller Lite right here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Hughes only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Uh, welcome back in. Don't forget Jay Hood coming up top of the hour. Hey, at Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Sheep, Ram, and Glenview, you will get a low price and a whole lot more. Some auto dealerships advertise false prices. Forget about that. Go on over to Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Sheep, Ram, uh, I had a chance to drive the uh, Jeep Gladiator, an unbelievable vehicle. At Fields, they want to earn your business. They will never mislead you. Go to Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram in Glenview, or visit them at FieldCJD.com. Uh, we talked about the Bears only running 12 called runs, only three handoffs in the second half. And I'm looking here, try to figure it out. Saquon Barkley of the Giants, he had 11 carries for 121 yards. You're the Giants. Why do you only run Saquon Barkley 11 times? The guys that had more carries than that, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Damian Williams, Fournette, Marlon Mack, some nice runs, Chris Carson, on Johnson, all over the place. More people got carries. How about Austin Eckler, what he did? You think Melvin Gordon's going to struggle getting a contract with San Diego now? That ain't going to happen. They don't need him with Austin Eckler. Now the Bears getting ready to take on Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos. Broncos playing later on tonight, catching on ESPN around 9.15. Matt Nagy talked earlier today about competing with Vic Fangio. Going against each other for most of the training camp last year and, and, uh, and then just talking philosophy in general, you, you have that. Um, but he's with he's with new players, and I'm sure he's changed a few things here or there. Um, and and so that'll be the biggest question from everybody is you know how does Vic attack us? How do we attack him? But in the end, it really comes down to these to the players on both sides, and um, there'll be some some uh, um, you know chess match going on between both. But I just we we have a lot of respect for him. The players do, and I just think schematically it'll be uh, interesting. If it's a chess match, we hope that the Bears and Matt Nagy can call checkmate on Sunday in Denver. Thanks to Arthur Arcus of Pro Football Weekly, Mike Davis and the Bears for coming on out. Also, Eric Ostrowski, Sean Davis, and Art out here putting everything on the air and helping out. Freddie Hoopner with you. Don't go anywhere. Jay Hood coming up next right here on ESPN 1000.